There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard round the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the DTOM studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread America. Host Don Q Rock On. guys how's everybody doing out there today it is october 10th 2023 tuesday october 10 2023 ah, all right so what's going on anything going on today guys all right i'm gonna touch base on a couple of things that i talked about on sunday and uh clear a few things out of the air because i think some people might have misconstrued what i was trying to to say but I'm gonna just touch base on that real quick I'm not gonna spend all day on it because I got other things I'm gonna talk about and I gotta go to bed so there we go uh, but before we get into that I want to uh, make sure that whatever podcast app you're listening to this awesome show on that you are you're subscribed to the show number one you're following the show you hit the little plus button up there you follow it doesn't cost you anything I don't have Patreons I don't have subscription-based content it is this is what it is i barely have enough time to put this show out let alone anything extra you know what i'm saying so here we go uh and then while you're on said podcast guys if you're listening to this on on the uh, spotify or apple if you could please leave a review preferably if you can hit that five star leave a review if you want maybe you know to copy a couple of uh, other podcasts you know maybe if i start actually getting some reviews maybe i'll go ahead and read them on the air at least if they're good if they're bad you can go fuck yourself <laughs> but um no i might even read the bad ones i don't care whatever so uh do that also guys while you're on that podcast app check out the dtom store guys dtom stores up running got some great merch t-shirts uh i know it's getting to the cold time of year in some parts of the country not necessarily where i'm at but nonetheless uh, i've got hoodies i've got 
you know, barware. I got glasses, whiskey glasses. I got all sorts of shit. Go check it out. Free shipping, guys. Within the contiguous United States, I think that's right. Uh, free shipping. Uh, I think if you're outside of America, you can use promo code DTOM and get 10% off. That'll help a little bit. But the shipping does help a lot. It's upwards of a, depending on what you buy, a 20 30% savings, in all honesty. So check that out, DTOM Store. Help the show help you bring you the information that you want to hear. Also, guys, if you are on social media, you can check us out at Don't Trade on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. And on the Twitter X machine, we are DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me personally, it's PCGC underscore 1775. And if you are not on the uh, social media platforms, that's fine. You can check us out at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. And you can email me from any of those situations. You can email the show directly at, at uh, shit, what is it? What's the email address? <laughs> I believe it's Don Q at DontTreadOnAmerica.com. If not, you can go to the website and message me from there. Either way. All right, guys. So, the other day, we talked about the situation in Israel, right? With the Hamas and the IDF and so on and so forth. Now, I want to state my position clearly, okay? Regardless of why the things are happening, and I try to equate what I think a lot of this has to do with in the sense of the historical land that that's there, what it means to all parties involved, and what, what happened. I equated it to essentially what we went through in America. Not so much we went through in America, but what this country went through uh, with the uh, Native Americans and taking their land, essentially. Now, some people might not correlate, and the reason that is is because we only know history of what we are told. This is history that's happening in your in front of your face on on all branches of social media. You can't help but not see this. You 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 see history unfolding in your eyes. So you could see what these people, these savages, I mean in all honesty, and and you know, we could say what we want about the Palestinians. Yeah, the things that they're doing to these women and children and stuff is unspeakable and they should be hung from the highest tree. You know, and in their God's eyes, Allah, an eye for an eye. So if you want to go around raping and, and brutally raping uh, young women or women in general, then, you know, <laughs> to each his own. You know, I'm not necessarily saying that we need to go over there and buttfuck all these little fuckers, but, you know, whatever. But is Israel doing anything to help their position with the way they're bombing carpet bombing their citizens, you know, the Palestinian citizens. There's people in Gaza that have nothing to do with this whole situation. And they're being bombed just as much as what Hamas is doing to, Jew to uh, you know, the Jewish citizens, Israeli citizens. Neither side is right, in my personal opinion. That's, that's how I'm going to leave it. And I think the thing, and I, and I tried to bring this up the other day. And I said that... Um, the the territory, I guess, if you want to call it, because Gaza is not a country. The territory of Gaza is basically controlled and monitored by Israel. Okay, and in other words, they can see what's coming in, what's going out, what's being shipped in, what's being flown in. What's it's 
you understand what I'm saying? And I asked this question today. I was talking to Chris. You know, you watch on TV, you watch on Twitter, whatever, all this this warfare going on. Now, granted, I understand Israel, how Israel has the armaments to do what they're doing. How does these individuals in Hamas, in, in Gaza, how, do the, how does the, the terrorist group Hamas have the capabilities to do what they're doing. Now, people say, oh, it's because Biden gave Iran $6 billion and they bought the stuff and da-da-da-da. Okay, I, I understand what we're being told is happening and how they achieved the product to be able to do what they're doing. I just told you, Israel controls everything that goes in and out of that, that area. So how, once again, I'm going to ask the question, how did these individuals in Gaza obtain these ordinance? No one seems to ask that question. No one wants to answer that question. I'm asking it. And unfortunately, I, I'm talking to, you know, the people that are listening, obviously. If you can give me that truthful answer, not a guess. I mean, I can give you a guess. Because Egyptian intelligence minister called... Netanyahu 10 days prior to the Hamas attacks and warned him of something unusual a terrible operation in his words that was about to take place from Gaza the Egyptian authorities were surprised by the indifference shown by Netanyahu now is he so smug to think that there's no way those people would try ever try to do anything like this or was it something else now, on the news this weekend, you heard a lot of different people say, this is Israel's 9-11. This is Israel's Pearl Harbor. And most people hear that. They hear these talking heads on the media on whatever channel, Fox, CNN, I don't care, whoever, saying these things. Now, as I've done this show now for well over two years, hell, going on three years in January... When I hear people, especially especially news people, now if it's someone like me or you, just from regular Joe Schmo saying things like this, it's like, okay, cool. But when I hear the official narrative being told that this is Israel's 9-11 or their Pearl Harbor, most Americans hear that and they think of a a dastardly deed by done by you know, individuals, whether it be a country, Japan, or, you know, terrorist, Saudi terrorist, or whatever, and they go with that narrative. And and that's the nativity of, of Americans, of most Americans. Now, if you guys are listening, if this is not your first time listening to the show, you understand where I'm coming from. We've done shows about 9-11. I've done a show about false flags. We've done a show about Pearl Harbor and how... There's very good intel saying that American, the American government, American military, knew that Pearl Harbor was going to happen, knew that 9-11 was going to happen. Now, could it be that Net, not, 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 Netanyahu is so ignorant, or is it that he knew that this was going to happen? Once again, I ask the question, how did these people in the Gaza Strip get it's not like they had a couple of rocket launchers 
they had heavy artillery. How were they able to get in to Israel to do the things they're doing? Paragliding. Oh, okay. You couldn't see that shit happening? So, am I am I saying that this is 100% Israel's fault? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Israel had anything to, to do with this as, as far as putting uh, them behind it. But, could it be a situation much like 9-11 where I believe... That not saying the government, my stance on 9-11 is this, and I said this on the show. It's not that I think our government necessarily had anything to do with it. Or let me put it this way. 100% of anything to do with the 9-11. I think they were involved in the sense of letting things go. They knew that these individuals are going to do what they wanted to do, and they let them do it. In conjunction with maybe wiring up the buildings and so on and so forth to further their cause what was their cause to be able to go into the middle east and do what they did okay how do we know that this uh egyptian intelligence that they gave to israel wasn't like okay cool and they let it happen because they knew it was going to happen because they knew the arms were flowing into that that area they knew that these people were getting ready israel is probably the most <sighs> one of the most self-surveillanced countries in the world. You know, look what they did during COVID. They forced every single one of their citizens. They were 100% vaxxed. That has nothing to do with this. I'm just talking about the control that that country has over its people. You can't tell me that they didn't know something was about to happen. And that's my point is it their 9-11 or their Pearl Harbor? Well, when you ask that question, it makes me think that you knew this was going to happen. You know, so I've been keeping an eye, and I, like I said, I talked about this on Sunday. This kind of broke on Saturday. So I've been watching for the last few days, and, you know, here's the things that I've learned. And here, and, I, and I'm going to be honest with you. This is just how I feel. I mean, take it for what it's worth. I'm just, Who am I? Right. I'm no, uh, you know, naval intelligence. I'm no CIA. I'm none of that. I'm just a regular dude like most of you guys listening to this show. And this is what I see. OK, so just told you about Egyptian intelligence telling Netanyahu. Israel chose to ignore intelligence from Egyptian officials about major attacks coming from Hamas. Multiple IDF, uh, former IDF soldiers and Israeli Intelligence personnel have come forward online and said there's 0% chance Israel was unaware of this attack before or couldn't have prevented it. In other words, like I said, they are so high tech in that country with their surveillance, much like we are. Much of whatever goes on in Israel is because of us. You know what I'm saying? And the difference between them and us is they're not even limited to a constitution as to what they can do not that our constitution means a whole lot to our government but do you understand what i'm saying you know we just watched <laughs> unsophisticated terrorists you know use hang gliders soaring into one of the most heavily defended and surveilled countries in the world and they didn't think nothing of it until after the fact within 48 hours of the attack we're now suddenly seeing enormous support for an American war with Iran. Could this be the reason? Could this been the thing? We need this to happen so America will get involved in a war with Iran. 
is this the start of World War Three? Uh, you know, everyone thought it was going to be uh, Ukraine. I pointed more towards Africa, so we're kind of in the middle. Um, well, I guess I guess we will see, right? Um, you know, as we witness American t American pastors, formerly level-headed influencers in our world, completely lose their minds and call for the genocide of the Palestinian people, when it's literally a hand—I don't want to say a handful, like it's five people—but you understand what I'm saying. Two point, what was it? Two point three, two point five million people live in that area, the Gaza Strip. It's a small percentage of people that are doing this. It's not like everyone over there is doing this. Now, I guess on the same hand, you could say, well, Don, not everyone in Israel is involved and they're getting raped and massacred. And I, and I understand that. I'm not saying that the people involved on in Hamas that are doing these atrocities don't need to be dealt with. And they don't need to go to jail. They need to be dealt with. Okay? We can use their God's mantra, an eye for an eye. Right? Isn't that what Allah says? Aloha snack bar, right? Isn't that what he says? You commit a crime, you steal something, chop your hand off. You tell a lie, chop your tongue off. That's their law. That's not my idea. That's their law. So there's no court. In my opinion, there's no court for these people. But I really think we need to find out who was involved and what anybody else knew. Um... If the, if the events of the past three years have taught me anything, it's that when people get whipped into an emotional frenzy, critical thinking completely goes out the window. Look at what happened during 9-11. I can't really specify towards Pearl Harbor because, obviously, contrary to popular opinion, I wasn't alive back then. But I remember 9-11. I was, well, how old was I? 49. No, I'm joking. Uh, so I was 01, so I was 20, shit, how old was I? 28? 27? I don't know, 28, sounds right. <laughs> anyway, relatively naive, young, I took the news for what it was worth, okay? And I, and I don't know that I told this story on, when I did the 9-11 show, but I'll tell it now, five hours later, no. Uh, I, re I was off that day. You know, I think everyone that's about my age range can remember exactly what they were doing on 9-11. I was off that day. I uh, took the kids to school. My son was in kindergarten. My daughter was in like third grade. Uh, I think it was a, I think it was a Monday or Tuesday. Anyway, took the kids to school, came home, my daily routine, came home, was watching the news, was watching, uh, what was it? NBC Today with whoever. I don't even Matt Lauer. I don't even know who it was back then. And uh, just nothing was going on. Just watching the news. And when I came home, turned on the news is when the f just after the first plane had hit, but they didn't know that it was a plane that hit it. They just saw that there was a fire at the at the World Trade Center. And they're just talking. Yeah, we're still trying to find out what's going on. Blah blah blah. You know. So was it? There was no from florida <laughs> there was no oh my god we're under attack you know it was just like oh wow there's a fire at the at the world trade center so that's crazy you know and as you're watching 
the show, you see the other plane hit the other tower and blow up. And it was at that point that I started crying like a baby. No, I, <laughs> I was like, this is, this isn't right. This isn't, this isn't normal. And to the point where I called my wife at the time I was like, do I need to go get the kids out of school? Cause something's going on. And that's the thing. You need a dramatic event of some sort to make people crazy in America. Let me, let me paint. And I just, this just kind of dawned on me. So get ready for this one. So Ukraine started what? Two years ago, right? Year and a half ago, whatever. I don't think that they quote unquote, they got the response from the American people that they were hoping for. And I said this on the show Sunday that this has nothing to do. Well, I mean, this has nothing to do with people like me and you. It's the elites that use people like me and you to fight their wars. Okay. And you have, um, you need something drastic to sway Americans opinion. The stuff that's going on in Israel that we're seeing constantly, you cannot turn on the news and not see what's going on. True. And newsflash, this stuff goes on there all the time, not to this scale, but to some scale. So it's not like if you live in Israel, if you live in Gaza, if you live in these areas that there's not the occasional missile strike. I know that sounds very blase, but it's the truth. Now, obviously if that happened in America, it'd be a different story because it's not, we just constantly have the once a month missile strike from a random, whatever. Right. But it's kind of in the same situation of how we overreact to gun violence. We overreact so we can get a response so we can hopefully push some kind of legislation to get rid of guns, right? So in Ukraine, when all that was going on or, you know, still going on, which I saw a thing, I think it was on Twitter where the person was like, we've seen more war footage in the two days. This was on Sunday or Sunday or Monday, whenever I saw it, then we've seen all of any war footage in Ukraine. We see aftermath in Ukraine. We don't see war footage. We don't see actual draw bombs being dropped, Right. It's very reminiscent watching the news of, of, of Baghdad. So, um, why is it, is it, is it a situation? Because in all honesty, war happens all the time throughout the world and we don't even know about most of it, but Israel, Israel being such a, a close ally, probably our closest ally next to Britain, I would assume that this really tugs at the hearts of of a lot of Americans, especially Jewish Americans, because they, they very well may have family over there. So if you want a war with Iran and possibly Russia, if you, if that's what you want, I don't know why, why anybody would want that, but I kind of described that in the last show. If you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to go listen to it. Um, this would be, this they're getting the response from the public that they want i guess is a good way to put it there there wasn't this much craziness when ukraine situation you had obviously the people with their profile pics and their ukrainian flags and but it was nothing like what you're seeing right now even when ukraine first started it was nothing like this so i think and and like i said don't <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. 
unfortunately, all of our countries throughout the world, the governments throughout these countries, throughout the world, they don't give a shit about me or you. They don't. I don't care what country you live in right now and you're listening to this. If you think for one second that your country and your government gives two fucks about you, you're sadly mistaken. You are nothing more than a peasant worker bee. And I talked about that a couple weeks ago in this show, in this country with Social Security and birth certificates and all that stuff. And it's the same situation. I, I claimed that when... Uh, Lincoln freed the slaves. He really didn't. He enslaved all of us, not just the black folks. Go back and listen to it. <laughs> but anyway, so I don't really want to spend all day. Like I said, I've already dwelled on longer than I wanted to. But my point being is this. If anyone listened to the show on Sunday and thought I was trying to like stand up for Hitler and stand up for the Palestinians and Gaza and all that stuff. I was just trying to show you a point of how history repeats itself throughout our lifetime. And I was trying to show you how this is very similar in the sense of what the, the Americans of the late 1700s, early 1800s did to Native Americans as we took their land. Obviously, we we don't know a lot about it other than what we were told. This is different histories unfolding in front of your eyes. You don't need a narrative. You can see it yourself. Anyways, so, so my show today originally was going to be strictly about, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how I want to title this. I don't know if I want to do the cult of MAGA, the cult of personality. So, We'll have to see as the show goes on how, how I feel. But you guys probably remember this this song from back in the day, right? You want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. <laughs> See, I'm playing the karaoke version, so they can't say anything. I'm going to sing it. Watch. Here we go. You ready? Look in my eyes. What do you see? Uh, the cult of personality. That's right. You got my backup singers with me. You ready? I know your anger. <laughs> I know your dreams. I've been everything that you've wanted to be. Oh, I'm the cult of personality. Right. <laughs> so anyway, what is... Okay, so <laughs> people think, oh, Cold Person has that song by In Living... Or is it Living, in living Color? Not In Living Color. It was a TV show. <laughs> and it's like... Uh, um, it's an actual phrase. It's an actual thing. And, and most people don't really understand what it, what it is. Okay? So a cult of personality or a cult of a leader. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because of... The thing that the person said the other day about the guy, right? It was crazy. Now, how about what Hillary said about uh, Trump backers? And you hear a lot of different people on different social media platforms, whether it be TikTok, Twitter, whatever, talk about how the people that follow Trump, they're in a cult, right? And I I agree. I totally agree. No. Um so what is a cult of personality or a cult of a leader is a result of an effort which is made to create an idealized and heroic and heroic image of a glorious leader 
often through unquestioning flattery and praise, historically has been developed through techniques of mass media, propaganda, spectacle, the arts, patriotism, and government-organized demonstrations and rallies. A cult of personality similar to a to apothesis. Um, what's apothesis? Also called de- de- defecation is the glorification of the subject. Okay. Um, except that is establishment by modem. Social engineering techniques, usually in the state of art of one-party states or dominant party states, cult of personality often accompany the leaders of totalitarian or authoritarian governments. They also can be seen as monarchies, theocracies, failed democracies, and even liberal democracies. So what in that that I just read describes Trump? Okay, I'm not saying nothing there describes Trump because obviously he's a very much a self-promoting propagandist. Okay, so you got propaganda. Uh, he doesn't, he can't do government organized, uh, demonstrations, but he does do rallies and then people go, but the most of this stuff here has more to do, even when Trump was president, a lot of these things didn't have to do with him. So it's almost like reverse psychology. When you hear Hillary Clinton or Biden or whoever else call the people that follow Trump a cult, it's, it's like they're trying to fuck with your mind. Now, I, I guess it's not to say that there aren't some people in the movement that don't get a little cultish, if that's a word, um, get extreme. But it's like that on both sides. It's not like, you know, and I talked about this the other day about how the FBI is looking to go after Trump people that, you know, follow, follow Trump, talk about Trump. And it's like, cause we're, you know, they're being labeled, labeled extremists. Got the hiccups all of a sudden. And have a con, let me put it this way. Have a conversation with a diehard Biden supporter or better yet a Hillary supporter. And you take the side of Trump and let them take the side of whoever. And tell me who the cultist is. Most people and not all, but I said most, that follow Trump, if they try to have a conversation with a person that supports one of those other two individuals, guarantee you there's going to be some yelling going on, and it won't be from the Trump person because those people are more cultish, in my opinion, than than we are. I'm going to say we are because, I mean, the way things are going, I'm probably going to be pushing behind Trump and be honest with you. Things were good when he was here. I don't care. He might not have said all the right things. He might not have been very presidential, but I don't give a shit. I don't say things right away. So the cult of personality definition, even better yet, is a situation in which a public figure, such as a political leader, is deliberately presented to the people of the country as a great person who should be admired and loved. So who does that, who, if I'm reading you that definition right now, and you look at all the people running for president, all of them, okay, and, I, and I'm going to say this as a person that lives in the state of Florida, and I love my governor because he's done good things for us, but deliberately present it to, a, to the people of a country as a great person who should be admired and loved. That's obviously a big push behind Biden probably waning a little in these days a little more than before but nonetheless 
Gavin Newsom, right? Uh, DeSantis. Um, maybe Nikki Haley. And that's it, because if you're if you're looking at the deliberately pre- presented to the people, that would be by the media. Most of your media, even the right leaning media, doesn't necessarily they're not gaga over Trump like they used to be. They push more behind a another candidate, whether it be DeSantis, um, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. And then on the other side, it's either they talk about Biden and then there's always talk about Newsom. Not necessarily because he's running, but he's running, but he's not running or he's not running, but he is running. I don't know. But look at the hatred that they have for JFK. It's almost like the people that really could probably do some good for this country. I said JFK. I meant RFK. (laughs) They, They serve up on some vitriol like they're some piece of shit. And then if you support that person... If you are a Trump supporter or, or even an RFKJ supporter, you're a cult. Well, who's the cult? So I, I saw this. This was uh, on Twitter, Twitter, XX, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Simon Atiba. Uh, I believe he's an uh, African journalist. He usually gets in some tips with uh, with Korean diversity hire, but this is a mashup that I don't know that he made this, but he he posted it on his Twitter. So many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their which is who the FBI wants to come after. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. Terms being tossed around like deprogramming Trump followers. All of America needs deprogramming because we've all been negatively influenced by Donald Trump. Can't uh, sit down with people that don't recognize there was an insurrection. Megan alluded the other day to the deprogramming that uh, Katie Couric talked about. Deprogramming that might work in other cases is um, it's obviously proven to be difficult. Many of them have allowed the lies really to seep into their soul, and it's beginning to rot their minds. Taking it even a step further, Raskin told the New York Times that he's ordered books about cults and deprogramming to try to understand his Republican colleagues. Are a couple accounts, libs of TikTok, a few, you know, really prominent anti-trans and sort of far-right activists who started to essentially make the argument that any exposure uh, to children about LGBT people uh, is automatically grooming. It, it seems to be emboldening anti-gay trolls. Explain how. Not just libs of TikTok. But oh, shit, you want to talk about a cult? Let's look at these people. There's going to be something at this library. You know, they're going to read books. You know, a drag queen's going to come and read books. How do you fix it? How do you undo it? Well, at this point, you know, it's deprogramming. That's what we're being fed. People uh, of other races are out to get you. We accept that. We get fed that. And so when that doorbell rings or the basketball comes into your yard, your first response is to pull that gun. It's a it's a programming that's occurring. The deprogramming question is much tougher to answer. People have literally been brainwashed and it's scary by the myths and disinformation that is online, that is being the propaganda on Fox News. It is another epidemic that our country is facing. And until we really hold platforms accountable, until we really do some deprogramming. And anyone like him that says uh, the press is the enemy of the people, that's what Hubbard would say. That's what Moon said. If you say this is a cult, What's the first step of deprogramming? The first step with anyone who's a true believer is contact with people uh, that are outside the bubble. I mean, I was just trying to engage in a little deprogramming. 
with all of these myths about COVID-19. Is there any convincing those people that they're not living in a world of reality or facts? No, listen, if there was a deprogramming pill that I could put in everybody's stocking for Christmas, I would do it. It's because of Facebook, it's gotten out into wine moms and yoga groups and some maybe that's something that started as innocuous online that turns into something completely different, Brian, and that's part of the challenge, as you write, of, of deprogramming it. We have, we have issues that are going to take a long time to root out, and it's really about deprogramming people who have been listening to stuff coming from Marjorie Taylor Greene and other big social influencers, and that includes the president. I hope uh, deprogramming some people one person at a time. They just need a little bit of affirmation. You know, I've been spending a lot of time reading about deprogramming. 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 You're reading my mind. Yeah. I see a lot of that happening. Like, no, I... So that's what they want to do. They want to round all of us up, put us in a, in a concentration camp or re-education camp so you can forget about those things. God forbid, when, when was a time in this world, in this country, that we could not have our own fucking thoughts? Who gives a shit what we think about a person, whether that be Trump, Biden, Hillary, or whoever? I can hate somebody just as much as you can hate somebody. I can love somebody just as much as you do. But we're the ones that need to be reprogrammed. Tell me that's not a cult. And this is... Hold on, hold on, Ronnie. (laughs) This is Ronald Reagan, okay? And I'm going to play this. This is something he said. This is obviously a while back. And uh, I just want want you to... I know I'm playing a lot of clips here, but just bear with me. Um, listen to what he said about those people. Once said many years ago that if fascism ever comes to America, it'll come in the name of liberalism. And what is fascism? Fascism is private ownership, private enterprise, but total government control and regulation. Well, isn't this the liberal philosophy? The conservative, so-called, is the one that says, less government, get off my back, get out of my pocket. And let me have more control of my own destiny. I have spent most of my life as a Democrat. I recently have seen fit to follow another course. We're at war with the most dangerous enemy that has ever faced mankind in his long climb from the swamp to the stars. And it's been said if we lose... Well, the person who made this video really came in hot with that music. ...that war and in so doing lose this way of freedom of ours. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Well, I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. Not too long ago, two friends of mine were talking to a Cuban refugee, a businessman who had escaped from Castro. And in the midst of his story, one of my friends turned to the other and said, we don't know how lucky we are. The Cuban stopped and said, how lucky you are. I had some place to escape. And in that sentence, he told us the entire story. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And this idea that government is beholden to the people, that it has no other source of power except the sovereign people, is still the newest and the most unique idea in all the long history of man's relation to man. This is the issue of this election. Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we can plan them ourselves. You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. 
man's old, old age dream, the ultimate in individual freedom consistent with law and order, or down to the anti-totalitarianism. And regardless of their sincerity, their humanitarian motives, those who would trade our freedom for security have embarked on this downward course. In this vote harvesting time, they use terms like the Great Society, or as we were told a few days ago by the President, we must accept a greater government activity in the affairs of the people. But they've been a little more explicit in the past, and among themselves, and all of the things I now will quote have appeared in print, these are not Republican accusations. For example, they have voices that say, the Cold War will end through our acceptance of a not undemocratic socialism. Another voice says the profit motive has become outmoded. It must be replaced by the incentives of the welfare state. Or our traditional system of individual freedom is incapable of solving the complex problems of the 20th century. Senator Fulbright has said at Stanford University that the Constitution is outmoded. He referred to the president as our moral teacher and our leader. And he says he is hobbled in his past by the restrictions of power imposed on him by this antiquated document. He must be freed so that he can do for us what he knows is best. And Senator Clark of Pennsylvania, another articulate spokesman, defines liberalism as meeting the material needs of the masses through the full power of centralized government. Well, I for one resent it when a representative of the people refers to you and me, the free men and women of this country, as the masses. This is a term we haven't applied to ourselves in America. But beyond that, the full power of centralized government. This was the very thing the Founding Fathers sought to minimize. They knew that governments don't control things. A government can't control the economy without controlling people. And they know when a government sets out to do that, it must use force and coercion to achieve its purpose. They also knew, those Founding Fathers, that outside of its legitimate functions, government does nothing as well or as economically as the private sector of the economy. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will keep in mind and remember that Barry Goldwater has faith in us. He has faith that you and I have the ability and the dignity and the right to make our own decisions and determine our own destiny. Thank you very much. So I think that was the Republican convention, 76, two, somewhere around there. Uh, so, yeah, you heard what he said. I don't need to talk about it. It was four minutes. You got it. <laughs> and now my computer has decided to say that's enough. So, <clears throat> let me see. Where was I at? I fell asleep there. So, anyway. So when you talk about leftist and uh, cult of personality, the left's hypocrisy and Biden's cult of personality. Because if any, if anything, if anyone's being pushed upon us, it's it's Biden right now. I mean, granted his favorability's waning a little bit, but nonetheless, two things stand out to me now that we have. You know, now that Biden's been in office. One is the incredible hypocrisy of the party who claims to help the quote-unquote little guy. And the other is a slavish uh, acquiescence acquiesce? yeah. of the press to the cult of personality being built up around Biden. 
The Democrats have long championed themselves as being the party of the quote-unquote little guy, tirelessly seeking to redress wrongs, put fat cats in their place, and ensure the working class gets their fair share. And yet within hours of taking office, Biden had signed various executive orders and talked about other policy objectives that make some may help some, but will definitely hurt more. One of the main reasons unemployment for minorities hit an all-time low under Trump was because of his focus on enforcing laws on immigration, illegal immigration. So remember that line. Please remember that line. Enforcing laws. He wasn't making things up. Even before the notorious incident of quote-unquote putting kids in cages, was his administration following the letter of the law as interpreted by the courts and as enforced during the Obama administration, heck, you know, the picture of the kid in the cage on the cover of Time magazine was taken during Obama's, you know, presidency. Illegal immigration is first and foremost the ba- is bad for illegal immigrants. They are taken advantage of and abused by coyotes. Women and children are raped and they are plopped down in a country where their status makes it dangerous for them to attain basic services. Now, before I read on, this is an article that was written back in 2021. This was shortly after he became president, after he was sworn in. Now, think about what I just read, okay? And let's fast forward two years, two and a half years from the time that this was written. Look at how illegal immigration has I don't want to say prospered, but blown up. And what do you think that's doing to some of your lower pay, paying menial jobs? Or how much of a burden it's putting on our spending by having to help these people? But it's also bad for American citizens at the bottom rungs of the labor market whose jobs are disproportionately <laughs> taken by these illegal residents they suffer the consequences both of the job market and poor neighborhoods where such immigrants congregate the education health care and general welfare suffer from the presence of undocumented migrants so if you want to talk about a cult of personality it's it's simple to say that you can either look at biden or at least the democratic party in general um the one thing that intrigues me about Trump, that continues to intrigue me about Trump, is how many, how do I want to phrase this, the people that are supporting Biden, as far as the media is concerned. You know, with the, obviously, you're going to have your Newsmax and your Fox and whatever, like, oh, Biden sucks, 70%, don't want him this, that, and everything, I get it. And then you have your CNN and whoever else saying, oh, he's great, and he's doing great, he's been fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But none of them like Trump. And I think that's what intrigues me the most. Is no one, no, none of the people that should be pushing, whether it's one side or the other, none of them like him. And I think, I, I think, I could be wrong, but it seems like, you know, the, the younger generation Excuse me. <laughs> is starting to Biden. get behind Excuse me. Trump. Fuck Joe Biden. Excuse me. 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 
Fuck Joe Biden. Sleepy Joe, it's time to wake your ass up. Guess we ain't black, cause we all voting Trump. MAGA got no color. Patriots united. Democrats always wanted us divided. Presidential NFTs, niggas for Trump. Someone tell rock that he ain't one of us. Brain dead idiot, destroying entire nation. Gonna be hard to kill us all, even with a vaccination. Trump was right about everything. I said Trump was right about everything. The more you and I, you ignite the flame. Trump was right about everything. It's hard to kill us all, even with a vaccination. The more you and I, we unite. You gotta fight for your rights, don't comply. Excuse me. Fuck Joe Biden. 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 So there you go. And that's not the first song that's been made about this i mean there's been what i i can think of four or five off the top of my head there's probably more i think you're gonna be in for a surprise uh, let me put it this way i hope if 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 voting is legitimate let me put it that way all right let me finish up here so i do not know what the fuck is wrong with my computer it's really pissing me off all right, so Fox, not the news channel. This is a representative, Virginia Fox, Republican from North Carolina, uh, accuses Clinton Foundation of blatant corruption that would make even Hunter Biden blush. I'm going to play this. It's the clip show today, guys, folks. I have an amendment at the desk. The clerk will designate the amendment. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Just listen. Printed in Part D of House Report Number 118-216, offered by Ms. Fox of North Carolina. Pursuant to House Resolution 723, the gentlewoman from North Carolina, Ms. Fox, and a member opposed, each will control five minutes. The chair recognizes the gentlewoman from North Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I rise in support of my amendment. My amendment is simple. It would prevent taxpayer funds from paying for State Department employees to travel to or attend events hosted by the Clinton Global Initiative. The rationale is quite simple. The Clinton Global Initiative has engaged in blatant corruption and influence peddling that would make even Hunter Biden blush. In perhaps its most famous episode in 2014, Hillary Clinton approached the Moroccan government about hosting a Clinton Global Initiative conference in Morocco. The Moroccans fronted the money for the event by funneling it through a state-owned enterprise that was extracting and exploiting phosphates from a non-self-governing territory, Western Sahara. This sleight of hand amounted to condoning Morocco's sovereignty over this disputed land. You heard that right. It was cash for sovereignty deal formulated just as former Secretary of State Clinton began her run for president of the free world. This deal was so rotten that even the Huffington Post deemed Fox News' investigation into this matter a, quote, brutal, clean hit on Hillary Clinton's campaign, end quote. Indeed, the Clinton Global Initiative scandals are myriad and include an episode uncovered by the New York Times revealing undisclosed donations linked to the sale of U.S. uranium production to a Russian government agency. As expected, the Clinton Global Initiative was unable to withstand the scrutiny and shuddered shortly after the 2016 campaign. 
That is, until late last year, when the organization reconstituted itself. Its operations are no longer dark, and this is the first state and foreign operations appropriations bill considered since its resurrection. It has since morphed into a fact... All right, shut up, lady. <laughs> I swear to God, I hit the fucking button three times. Anyway, um, so first question I have to ask is, why in the fuck... Forget about what she's saying. I'm not, and I'm not dissing uh, Miss Fox here. So, 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 so Samantha Fox. Oh. I'm talking about Clinton. Both of them were indicting Trump over stupid shit. His, he said his house was worth, worth more than what it was, so he'd take a loan out. Oh, fucking A. Who doesn't do that? Who doesn't lie about stuff on their credit card? You know, uh, yeah, I make 100 grand a year so I can get a higher, in, uh, higher uh, balance, right? I, I don't do that, but, you know, I can see why you could do it. <laughs> but this bitch has broken the walls how many times? But the point what she's trying to say is the Clinton Foundation was thriving 2014, 15, 16. After the election and she lost, it went dormant. Now it's starting to crank back up again. So my question is, what's really going on here? Is this a... Possible is she kind of waiting in the wings to uh, shuddy? I said shuddy. God bless it. Is she? Yeah, I, I said read full story. Anyway, so I'm just gonna riff. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, is this a possibility where where um she's starting to crank back up trying to get money in the coffers so when sleepy joe says yeah you know what on second thought i don't think i'm gonna run for president because no one even i in all honesty i think there's a large portion of this country doesn't even believe he's actually running because he hasn't set up a campaign headquarters he doesn't have a staff uh, you know a, a election staff he doesn't have any of those things you don't see him going out making speeches about whatever and in front of, you know, like the banner or whatever saying uh, Biden 30330 or whatever, you know, like Trump, you know, where you text and you could donate money or whatever. You don't see that. So is he actually running? When will he step down as re-election candidate? When, what will be the thing that makes Biden say I'm not running and Hillary steps up or Gavin Newsom steps up because even he can't lie and say he's not running. He just ignores the question. So I'm going to close with this. One more clip. What the fuck, right? And you hold on here. You hold on here. So when I was a kid, back in 1932, I remember... When Ross Perot was running against uh, Bush and Clinton. So what was that? 80, 92, 92. And um, me being a naive, how old was I? There's a mic there. I was 18, 19 when they were running. And uh, me being the staunch young Republican that I was, was like, yeah, Bush. Of course, if I had known the things about Bush that I know now, I'd be like, fuck Bush. Go pro, in all honesty. Um, and I remember my parents actually supported Ross Perot. And I thought they were crazy. I'm like, you know, but, <laughs> you know, 30 years later, I'm thinking they're right. Now, I'm going to play this speech that he made, possibly, if my fucking computer would work. 
God bless it. Guys, I need you to hit the D-Tom store. Brother need, might need to buy a new computer. I need something going on here. This motherfucker is slower and shit. And all I use it for is the show. Anyway. <laughs> I can't afford to go buy another one. Uh, so this was during a, um, I think, debate or whatever between him, Clinton, and Bush. And this is what he had to say. And I swear to God, 30 years ago, I would have said, this dude's fucking nuts. Now I'm listening to it and thinking, he's point on. He's point on. That means you go. There you are. And I can get you to defend me. That's good. But when the tables get turned, I ought to do my share. Right now, we spend about $300 billion a year on defense. Japanese spend around $30 billion in Asia. The Germans spend around $30 billion in Europe. For example, Germany will spend a trillion dollars building infrastructure over the next 10 years. It's kind of easy to do if you only have to pick up a $30 billion tab to defend your country. The European community is in a position to pay a lot more than they have in the past. I agree with the president. When they couldn't, we should have. Now that they can, they should. We sort of seem to have a desire to try to stay over there and control it. They don't want us to control it, very candidly. So it, I think, is very important for us to let them assure, assume more and more of the burden and for us to bring that money back here and rebuild our infrastructure because we can only be a superpower if we are an economic superpower, and we can only be an economic superpower if we have a growing, expanding job base. Now, that sounds very much Trumpian, if you think about it. I'm going to close on that because it's really food for thought. If you think about it, look at them, and I've talked about this time and time again, look how much money we spend overseas. Look how much money we give to these other countries that hate us. We talk about spending. We talk about McCarthy being back in or being out or someone else coming in. Guys, it doesn't matter who the speaker is. It's all about what whomever spends on wherever they spend it. This country is broken. It's going to take a lot to fix it. All right, guys. With that being said, guys, please check us out on social media. Don't tread on America on the Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. On the Twitter X machine, we are uh, DTOM underscore 1775. And if you're not on social media, check us out at don'ttreadamerica.com. Make sure whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, you follow the show. If you're on the uh, Apple or uh, what's the other one, Spotify, you uh, leave a five-star review. Shoot it my way so we can we can talk about it on the on the show here. And then uh, make sure you're hitting that DTOM store, guys. Help me out. Help a brother out. I'm not looking for abundance of profits. I just want to help fund the show so I can keep doing what I'm doing and uh, help pay for things, guys. All right. Other than that, you guys have a fantastic rest of your Tuesday. It is October 10th, 2023. I'll talk to you again on Thursday. Peace out.